to another session, episode, Shior, with uh, myself, Rabbi Yitzhak Michelson, and Rav Jor Moshe Kasuto, my amazing holy brother, that is uh, connected to me in ways that you could never imagine. Uh, but I think that everyone now are very uh, curious and willing to to hear a little bit more about it, even though we have a very interesting topic. But do you want to say something? No, I just when, when we're talking about when, when we talk about controversial issues uh, and just talking about relationships, um, there are things that go beyond time. One of the things that you'll hear. Rav Jor and I speak about a lot of times we'll speak Kabbalistically, we'll speak mystically. Rav Jor's new book, Return to Your Root, has a, a lot of these kind of things in it, these concepts. So what I'm talking about in relationship, and this is really true of a lot of people, not just Rav Jor and I, but when I talk about relationships that are beyond time, certainly our relationship with Hashem is like that. But you and I have that kind of relationship. We have a relationship that's a soul connection between the two of us that's that's based on uh, no distance, no physical time as we know it. Um, you cannot you and I cannot see each other for for years at a time and it's like we we've seen each other you know two minutes ago and uh, and so, it's well, just a very special it. thing for me to be together with you again. So thank you so much, and it's a it's a real powerful thing because every person in his circles um, is connected and attached to souls that depends on him, and that they have a certain relationship with him. And when two people meet, so one center of his own circle begins to influence and create affections on uh, on the circles of the other guy that he meets the other person he meets so it's like very big things are happening when two souls are are being in touch and talking and uh, and sharing so wisdom that we might have to at some point talk about the <laughs> the concept of the the original soul or the large soul as opposed to the small soul and some there of the things that you, big... you talk about in the book it's it's an amazing subject there are very, very deep uh, concepts of, of Judaism that uh, are in great darkness. And even though they are like familiar and known and people like think to themselves like as if they know what what they're talking about, like those things are under very uh, dark, heavy covering and really need to be, be exposed. So that's why uh, we have live every uh, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And we're willing to keep on opening and uncovering subjects and topics that are controversial or not being talked enough. Or not being talked about in the proper way. Being talked right. about in a way like you talked about, not just not just with a veil of darkness that needs to be uncovered, but but being presented in a very dark way um, without um, without truth based more not on the Torah but somebody's interpretation of the Torah 
um, rather than what the what the Torah is really trying to get across related to a, a particular subject. And I think that's the most important thing. Before we get started on tonight's topic, I just want to say I mentioned, you know, your book, and I'll, I'll put something up about that, but people will see in the comments section uh, links to where they can get your new book, Return to Your Root, on Amazon or through amuna.com. But we're also asking... Uh, like we do every week, that um, it's also possible to help us. You'll see a link below and also a link in the comments on Facebook Live and the different places where this podcast is taking place, that if you appreciate what we're doing and if you appreciate what we're talking about, then we would appreciate you going to amuna.com slash donate and, uh, and helping um, us to continue this holy work and 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 certainly to continue the work of amuna.com. I, I can attest to the fact I've known Rav Jor for many years um, very closely, and we work together on, on his many different projects. And I can attest to the fact of how many families are being helped and 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 um, the humble way in which he does this. You know, I, I can assure you that that neither one of us live live in the lap of luxury. Let me just put it that way so that um, I'm assuring you that your money is going to a very good cause when you donate. Anyway, to, to move ahead, this has, has to be one of the most controversial subjects that you can talk about anywhere. But certainly when you, when you bring the concept of homosexuality into Judaism, and because there are so many different opinions, uh, there are so many streams within Judaism. Certainly, you and I um, come from what would be considered a more traditional stream or a more orthodox stream, just because of the way in which we observe. However, based on what I said, I think people are going to be very surprised Um there are possibilities that Rav Dror and I may not agree, but I think there are times that we'll, we'll agree more than people would expect for, um, uh, for two Orthodox observant Jews related to the subject. Uh, and, and I think that people are going to hear something different uh, that they may not have heard before about this subject. <clears throat> I think that the problem is that, um, first of all, many of us been informed with tons of nonsense and we've been taught tons of nonsense. And um, the fact that the person is being called a rabbi or whatever does not mean that he really holds the truth all the way and he can really answer all the answers to all the questions. That's one. And second, that uh, in each generation, we're being exposed to different um, great variety of uh, of updates um, some of them for good and 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 for in improvement and some of them of false and lies also like uh, covering the world in in new ways and uh, like uh, sophisticated ways to to try to conceal the the, the great illumination that is being built up uh, towards the great day of redemption and therefore, the rabbis and the people that are um, like confronting those angles, they're also facing 
um, new situations that were never that were never seen before or never discussed in public before. Ah, so that's that's the big thing. Uh, the big issue is not so much that it didn't exist, because if the Torah is mentioning it, then it was taking place at that time. So if if we're going to talk about homosexuality, certainly the Torah talks about it. And so if the Torah is talking about it, then obviously it was taking place thousands of years ago. So it's not a new subject. It's not a new subject, and it's definite. And it was also a very hot topic in early days, right. and um, many many people failed. You know, it's like uh, first of all, we need to understand that uh, desire of um, of of one gender to its own is is a matter of lust. It's is a physical desire. Now, people might have it like. It's also like you have like desire for food or or like you have people that does not have that desire so much and they just like on their regular basic life um not uh, not such uh, fans of food like they eat it's okay like they need to eat you have people that food for them it's a gigantic matter like for them it's it's the center of their lives and they're like really wrapped after food and like they must like find the gourmet food and like they want to taste more new things and like and nothing is interesting except for the new options or whatever also about that physical uh, intimacy one person can is is like regular and does not make a big business out of it and another person will be like totally totally into it in a way that he cannot sleep and he cannot eat and he cannot work and like his mind is is drowning in that lust in that passion so there is a difference between desire of one sex to the other and sometimes a person can find himself with a passion for his own kind and this is a situation that now we can discuss if a person should overcome it or like uh, accept it that that's his nature there are many many aspects and many depths and definitely in 100% we won't be able to cover even like an inch of the of the miles on miles square that that topic contains and and needs to be discussed more so i'm sure that in the future we're going to come back to that topic and and discuss it again Right. So I think the important, the, the, the word that pops out to me is this idea of desire. And, and so when you're using the word desire, it doesn't necessarily just have to be on the topic of homosexuality. Like you said, it could be that somebody has a lust for food. You, you, we have a concept in Judaism. Actually, you know, even in this parsha that we just read over Shabbat, Vayishlach, and the Zohar talks about this. The Zohar starts out and talks about that when somebody is born, it, it, it says that it uses the verse, sin is crouching at the door, right? Um, it's talking about Cain and Hevo, Cain and Abel, you know, after that, after he kills his brother, it says sin is crouching at the door, but you're able to overcome it. But what does the Zohar say of sin crouching at the door? It says the door is rechem, the door is the womb. 
and and the Zohar goes on to basically teach us that when we're born, the Yetzirah <laughs> is basically waiting for you to come out of the, the womb. And as soon as you come out of the womb and you're born, the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, comes into you. And this is, uh, so, so this has to do with the desire. The Yetzirah doesn't have to do just with homosexuality. But here's here's an amazing thing that I read, actually from 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 Rav Shnur Zalman of Liadi, who, who wrote the, the, the Tanya. Um, one of the things that he talks about in the Tanya um, on this subject of desire and, and, and connected to the Mishnah as well is this idea that when you're talking about another person's journey, that your attitude has to be towards their desires um, humbling to you. It should humble you before them, the desires and the struggles that they have. And I thought that that was a very powerful thing because the idea of desire, or when you're talking about homosexuality, same-sex attraction, it's no different than any other desire. It's no different than a man who wants to commit adultery and has a desire to go outside of his marriage to another woman. The question is, is the desire enough to be considered toeva, what the, what the Torah calls an abomination? But what I find interesting is that if you really dig into that word toeva related to abomination, it talks about with homosexuality, which has caused a lot of the darkness that so-called rabbis teach about this subject is that really that word relates to the idea of straying away from what we were called to do. Um, and what we were called to do, we were called to be fruitful and multiply. Right after Hashem says, let us create man in our image, those verses in, in Breshit, in Genesis 1, 26, 27, and then in 28, what does it say? Go out and be fruitful and multiply. I want so, to mention another thing that is very important as well. Um, that Hashem said, Kedoshim to you, ki kadoshani. We need to be holy and to try to perfect our holiness to such high level that we will be similar to Hashem, to the maker of the world in our holiness. And on adultery of any kind, um, Hashem said and told us to stay away from every ugly, any ugly thing and, um, and, and foreign to the commandments of the Torah, Dosha, of the Holy Torah. Now, I want to say that definitely um, the question will rise, hey guys, why are you talking about the physical um, aspect of the gay relationship? Let's talk about love. Let's talk about the emotional connection. So I have two things I want to mention here. There's no problem that there's going to be a great love between two people. It's written about King David and Yonatan, the son of Shaul, that there was a great love between them. But it does not mean that that great love is supposed to bring two people to the same bed. The prohibition of <clears throat> gay relationship in Judaism is not at all about their love and about their emotion. 
they can love each other, they can respect each other, they can reach to a level of admiration to each other. But to go and break the lines of rules of adultery and to have gay relationship, that is the topic that we need to discuss. There is no reason in the world that a person will not love his friend. You can love them. You can, you can dream about him, but it's not supposed to take you to the same bed with him. This is a different issue. This is a different matter. And there the problem begins. So, so and, and why did I bring up what I brought up at the beginning of the show, talking about the relationship that you and I have? Because if you read the story of David and Yonatan, you will see that it talks about a soul connection that they had, one yeah. with the other, that they had this great love, which you and I have for each other, like David and Yonatan, but we both have our own marriages and we both have, and we may hug each other for a very long time and kiss each other when we see each other in person, you know, on the cheek. Um, uh, every, it's every, every, every person in any culture, in the Arabic culture, in, in any culture, mm -hmm. people are known uh, to be friendly and to be allowed to be in touch with each other, to hold hands, to hug, to, to kiss on the cheek, everything that is normal and accepted. Mm -hmm. But like we said before, when a person is crossing the lines into a place that makes, I, I want to say other people that are um, holding themselves in purity and in holiness, when they are finding themselves uncomfortable around people that are acting in this way, um, then it's a great evidence for those guys to like cross the fence of, of, of breaking the fence and getting into a zone that is unpure, that is not holy, definitely. Right. So, so back to this idea of Toiva, this idea in Vayikra in Leviticus 18, which is where it talks about this. And by the way, um, Toiva, this idea of something being an abomination, is not just related. Now, it has a lot to do with different sexual sins, homosexuality being one of them, but it also talks about idol worship of Odazala and things like that. And, and the reason why it brings that up is because we were connected to cultures that were antithetical to what Hashem was teaching us um, and the moral, um, the moral compass that Hashem wanted us to live as Jews by giving us the Torah. So for instance, we were living in Mitzrayim. We were slaves in Mitzrayim. When you read Vayikra and you look at it in context, what does Hashem say? Again, I'm going to paraphrase here, but the, the Torah basically says, don't be like the people who I brought you out from. Don't be like the Egyptians where you came from. And don't be like the Canaanites where I'm bringing you into. Because both of those cultures practiced, practiced things that were considered abominations, that were abhorrent before Hashem. Now, also this idea of straying, when I brought up this idea of um, the idea of uh, being fruitful and multiplying, this would be no different. There's a prohibition also on the idea of wasting seed this idea of wasting seed, this idea of even like masturbation, 
um, there's a prohibition against that because we're supposed to be able to produce children. That that was the whole point of a of the relationship that Hashem has of a man with a woman. So when you're talking about that type of relationship where it's a same-sex relationship, you're basically also breaking that prohibition of wasting seed because that seed is meant to procreate, to bring, you know, other people in the into the world. This uh, is if I can if I can add, this is one very important and, and main reason for that prohibition of, of wasting seed, but also um, we have a spiritual obligation except for bringing children to the world, and it is um, not to defect the shape of the, uh, the form of the soul of the first man. The soul of the first man is divided into all people around the world, all of them. And when a person is wasting his seed, in that time he is throwing down the drain the sparks of souls that are sparks from the great complete um, soul of first man of Adam Arishon, and those souls are falling under the husks, under the klipot, and the sorrow and the pain that is being caused to those pure souls that are now being sent to behind the walls of darkness into a zone of under the klipot to become like robbed and kidnapped souls, neshamota ashukot, kidnapped and abused souls in the hands of the evil inclination, the sorrow and the pain that that person is causing um, to those souls and to the soul of Adam Arishon, of the first man, is horrible. Is something that the person may be not aware of, but if he would, he would never commit that uh, crime ever again in his life. Just to hear the sound of the sorrow of those spilt souls is um, is a horrific, horrific sound, horrific pain, unbearable. I want to add, and we see some um, questions of um, of uh, friends that are with us um, and asking. People are asking if um, the same prohibition that applies to Jewish people and people who follows the 613 um, commandments is similar to the ones who are following the seven mitzvot of Ben Noach, of the children of Noach, the Noachites. So my answer is simply yes, definitely, and 100%, and I will say why. Because modesty and having normal lifestyle is definitely one of mitzvot Ben Noach that people need to act in modesty and to stay away from anything that is inappropriate. I already want to extend on that matter. I think that no, no, uh, I agree a hundred percent. The one of the things that I say often, another thing that many people disagree with me on, um, when I say that, I'm talking about the so-called rabbis again. Uh, you know, that's that's another whole controversial subject that we can take on one day is talking about that is the idea of just because you have that title in front, of, in front of your name, like you brought up, doesn't always mean that you're producing a light of the Torah. I, I think that it's important for people to understand from my perspective that the whole when we talk about morality, when we talk about a moral compass, when we talk about Hashem 
giving the Jewish people um, the Torah, you have to remember what our sources say, that Hashem went to all the nations of the world and said to them, here, I want, I'm, I want to give you this Torah. I want to give you this, this, uh, you know, this ketubah, this contract. I want to marry you. And each one of the nations said, well, what's in it? Let us see what's in it first. Um, the Jewish people said, we will do and then we'll understand. But we, we were like one of the last people that Hashem came to and asked. The point that I'm bringing up is that when it says, we will do and then we'll hear or we'll understand. We didn't say what's in it. Now, I believe that Hashem gave us that Torah, not just for us to hold on to it. I believe that he gave it to us in order to teach the rest of the world how to have a moral relationship with Hashem, with the Creator. I think that's our greatest obligation and responsibility. That's why we're called or, or Logoim, a light to the nations. You know, some rabbis will say, oh, Goyim, because we're called Mamleshet, Mamlechet Kohanim, the Goy Kadosh, that, you know, Goy is talking about the Jewish people. So we need to be a light to our people. No. It says, or legoyim, to the nations, be a light to the nations. Um, and so I, I think that that's one of our greatest responsibilities. So not even somebody who is a ben or bat noach. This is talking about all of creation, that when you talk about these neshamot, these holy souls, I see no difference between a soul of a Jew. And a, I, when I say no difference, I believe that if Hashem is our creator, and it's then then every neshama has to have had its beginning metachat kisehakavod from underneath the holy throne of God. So if that's the case, the, what I will tell people is the difference between me and Rav Jor, who are Jewish, and somebody who's not Jewish, is this. The same way that I'm not a Kohen and I'm not a Levi. And so I can go on Shabbat and I can jump up and down and scream and yell and bang my feet. If there's a Kohen there, I'm not going to get the first Aliyah. I'm not going to get called to the Torah first. And if there's somebody who's a Levi, he's going to get called second. So maybe I'll get the third Aliyah. There's, that doesn't mean he's a better Jew than I am. It just means that he has different obligations and responsibilities as a Kohen or a Levite. That's the difference between Jews and non-Jews. Jews were given different obligations and responsibilities. That's the thing that separates us. But the, the, the moral compass that Hashem gave to creation that he gave through the Jewish people is meant for the for, for the whole world to bring redemption to the entire world, from my perspective. I'm um I I, I appreciate that. I think that that uh, perspective gives a lot of um, space for many people who for a long time felt rejected or not welcomed or not appreciated for their uh, being. And like, why in the world you're not going to appreciate me when I am a child of, of Hashem as well. Like, I'm also a creation. I like, you're not better than me. So I think that your very detailed explanation is opening them a, a very wide perspective to see that, like, there is a way. And also that we have that testament of Elijah the prophet that said that really in the dedication and effort of the person, 
no matter if he is a non-Jewish person or a Jewish person, a man or a woman, a slave or a free person, the Divine Spirit will hover upon him based on his effort and his dedication and not because of his legacy. I, um, right. I wanted to say another thing that is very important um, to discuss, to start opening that topic as well. We need to find um, ways how to be more practical about what we're talking about because there are people who are really suffering also from that gay situation that they might find themselves gays or that they have family members or friends um, relatives that are gay and they want to help them they want to help themselves they want to know like am i a sinner or like should i change or like something that i'm doing is wrong or like maybe i already feel wrong with myself so how do i find my way out of this situation or and on and also about that concept of wasting seed you might find people that are really struggling people that are even addicted to that people that are masturbating people that are finding themselves in awkward situations and 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 do not have an advice so i want to say one thing and then i'll give you the stage happily and um, to hear your perspective your take on that as well i think that it's very important to understand a very very fundamental basic um understanding about um judaism and about faith in the maker of the universe we all have problems we all go through ups and downs and we're facing many challenges one with health and one with mental health one with happiness slash sadness and and one with fear and trust slash anxieties and pressures many people are going through issues one with his lusts and desires and one with his fears and 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 trauma and there are no differences why because every person is suffering his own self-suffering and struggling with his own pain and wants to find his way out of that struggle and pain and to achieve his freedom to come back to his happiness to to the satisfaction of his life now there is one answer to all those suffering people suffering situations that the real true believer he understands that he can talk about all his problems with the maker of the universe and that concept is the individual prayer the concept that is called hitbodedut the individual prayer is the most powerful tool that was given to human beings that makes them different than all the rest of the animals and creations that they can talk to the maker that they have the ability to express their heart and any person who experienced any kind of pain and and sorrow he should express that in prayer and you should talk to the maker of the universe like you talk to your best friend and to talk about it you can pray about your soulmate to be found your shidduch you can talk about your ability to overpower your weaknesses and your downs and to try to develop your self-awareness to yourself to ask yourself what is bringing me to those situations why am i falling why am i failing why is it like like waves of the ocean attacking once after the the, the the once again one time after the other over and over again and again that mind settling 
of having the individual conversation with the maker of the world is the strongest, most powerful tool that we've been blessed with by the maker, a gift that he gave to Avraham, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov, to the tribes, to Moshe, to Aharon, to, to, to all the righteous ones to use. And we're praying from the bottom of our hearts and Hashem is close to everyone who calls Him with truth and honest, truthful prayers will most definitely be answered. So, you know, I think people need to realize that when we're talking about these subjects, that words that we used are very important. Words like desire, words like impulse. Uh, why do I bring this up? Because Rav Jor and I get up every, every morning and we look in the mirror just like you look in the mirror. And we know who we are and we know the impulses and desires that we have. And we know the things that we struggle with. We know the, the, the impulses that drive us towards doing things that are considered incorrect behavior, according to the Torah, in, 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 according to the moral compass that Hashem gave us. So that's the first thing that people need to understand. It, we're, we're not, when we say that Hashem says to be holy as he is holy, um, that is a struggle that every human being, that every holy soul goes through every day. Now, the impulses and the desires may be different. We may not struggle with same-sex attraction or homosexuality. But I go back to the verse that I read from the Zohar for this Parsha Vayishlach on the idea that sin crouches at the door. And the very next thing that it says is that you have the ability to overcome it. So when we're talking about that, the, the power of Hidbodadut, the power of having that conversation, and you don't need to be able to speak Hebrew to have a conversation with the Creator. The, the Creator important. understands you in the language that you speak, and He doesn't want you to have some structured. Yes, even in Judaism, we pray three times a day, and we have a very structured siddur that tells us how to pray. And we have laws that teach us how to pray and when to pray and how to pray the Shemona Esrei, the standing prayer. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about having a relationship with Hashem, with the Creator, and talking to Him and pouring out your soul. This is one of the problems. The problem is that people don't feel like they have the ability to talk to anybody. Now, we're, we're hoping, we're hoping that by 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 delving into these controversial subjects, that even if you don't agree with us, that you at least hear that we have hearts of compassion and that in addition to being able to do Hidbodadud, going into your room, going into a forest, going out to a place that's quiet and having that intimate conversation with Hashem, that there are people who care about you. There are people who understand your struggle and there are people here on earth in the physical that are willing to listen to you as well. Certainly I am, and I know Rev Jor is as well. Um, and, and so there are ways to contact us if you, if you, um, you we can advertise, we can advertise the, um, we have the info at the and people can email us. And as well, we have um, the company WhatsApp that people can uh, as well. We can, uh, we can add it to our, um, 
to our information in the where is it written in the yeah manual. we don't we don't have we don't have that set up yet but we're gonna we're gonna do that we have to do that to have the email address and have a a link to the whatsapp it may be that it'll be in the comment section on the facebook live because this is this is uh, streaming to YouTube and to Facebook Live to a couple of different pages. So it's very possible that there are links on that. We're just using a, we're in a particular studio software that we use for this. So um, so we're not seeing the Facebook, Rav Dror and I are not seeing that Facebook stream, but it's possible that Shay might've put that up for us, so. I wanted um, to mention another um, small, information piece of information that can uh, help people understand why there is such a great um, prohibition prohibition and why it's considered as such a great violation um when when people and especially men um committing that gay relationship physical intimacy of gay relationship um we have prohibitions about um, kashrut, for an example, eating kosher food. So meat of a, of a kosher animal, as a cow or a goat or a sheep or a dove or a chicken, um, will be kosher when it's being slaughtered by the Jewish law in a ritual slaughtering way. And also, milk and all kinds of dairy that are coming out from those kosher animals as cows and sheep and goats um, is kosher as well but to mix those two together to eat like cheeseburger like meat and cheese together or to drink milk and meat together that is a prohibition so now a person can say to himself, one thing is kosher and the other thing is kosher. Now you mix two kosher things, it's supposed to be super kosher, like extra <laughs> kosher. What's that craziness? Like, how did you came up with that law? So the verse is telling us a thing and the Holy Sages opened and explained to us the wisdom behind that commandment. And then you can understand when you put your mind into that subject and learning more and more you're going to find more knowledge and more explanation for why that obligation is right and why the prohibition is so severe and 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 wrong to be violated again the outcome of eating something that is unkosher the verse is explaining the torah is explaining it will contaminate you. And the sages explained why the word nitamtem, contaminated, is written in a unique way that is different than all other places where it's written venitmetem. Instead of written venitmetem, it's written venitamtem. So it's kind of a difference that that's supposed to wake up our curiosity. Why is it written? in a different way than all other places that are talking about contamination. And the sages explained that here, when people are eating something that is unkosher, it's not only that it's contaminating them, it's also make them stupid. You're going to lose your mind. 
you become a fool by eating non-kosher food a person is falling to a certain layer of stupidity he's losing his serious approach to life his responsibility to life many things that supposed to matter to a sane and 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 sober person will not gonna matter so much he's gonna follow jokes and 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 things that are unappropriate and he's gonna act in ways that are unpure and not right so we can see here that there is an outcome that there is a great danger in violating rules of torah because a person that has mind does not want to lose his mind for a cheeseburger for a silly piece of meat with cheese he will not lose the most precious thing for the person as his sanity as his happiness for something so small and and shallow on that violation of spilling seed or falling into gay relationship the outcome the result slash so-called punishment or sorrow and pain that will be caused as an outcome for that violation for that um sin for that failure the outcome is horrific the outcome is that the person mainly will fall to spiritual death means that he won't be able to connect and reconnect himself back to the roots of his own soul he is blocking and sealing and closing his way back on that it's written kol ba'eha lo yeshuvun people that are going down that route are finding it very hard to come back most likely that people are not waking up and not doing tshuva on this kind of sins they're not coming back most likely in most of the cases that's one and the second thing is that one sin brings the person to the other a person is falling into that lust by feeding and satisfying and pleasuring himself in a prohibited prohibited way by that he is increasing the power of that lust to control him to pull his attention and to force him to follow that lust and desire into places that are even worse more foreign more ugly and less clean and that will pull greater darkness upon that person god forbid and that's why the prohibition is so great because that warning sign supposed to shine and 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 wave for as far as possible to save people from that horrible down from that horrible failure that its outcomes are dangerous horrific and most likely cannot be repaired and fixed the 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 very interesting thing about what i talked about earlier related to the prohibition and the fact that it's called toyevat an abomination in Leviticus chapter 18 and how it's connected to this idea of Mitzrayim and uh, and and just before the the Jewish people are re getting ready to come into Eretz Israel into the land they're given all of these prohibitions of uh, you know not committing uh, idolatry and, and sexual uh, immorality 
people somehow don't realize that currently um, that when you're reading this, that there is a Mitzrayim today. <coughs> it's called the Galut. Um, it's called the exile. And so it may not be that we're slaves in Israel, I mean, in Egypt, like we were back then, but you shouldn't mistake the fact that there is a current Mitzrayim. And one of the things that that is very powerful about this is that it wasn't just that in Mitzrayim, in the Mitzrayim of old that we're talking about, when we were when we were seeing all these things going on, that it wasn't just that people were engaged in corrupt behavior, but it was legitimized and mainstreamed. And that's another big issue that we're dealing with today that this behavior has become in our current Mitzrayim, in our current constriction um, and narrowness of life, that it's being mainstreamed and legitimized. Uh, it wouldn't be that 20 or 30 years ago, people would say, okay, so, so people are having this issue, but it's not like it's, it's not like it's contagious and it's not like your children are in danger. And I think that this may be another show that we we have to deal with because we could we could deal with the whole idea of gender issues and gender fluidity and this idea of how do you identify? Uh, I tell people that I'm I'm a I'm a fat guy who identifies as skinny. Um, you know, those are my pronouns, skinny. So, but but I'm saying it's that that's the that's another big issue that we can't gloss over in this is the idea that society and the society we live in has influences on the way in which people choose to live their lives. Um, so I'm gonna close with this, because this is, this is also part of this controversial thing on this question of this idea of overcoming it. I just met a guy for the first time. I've talked to him on Facebook for quite a number of years. He's a guy that, um, um, that lives in the U.S. He converted to Judaism. Uh, even though he believes he has Jewish roots, he converted to Judaism. He, at the time when I first met him, was living a homosexual lifestyle. And he was here in Israel just a few months ago. And he called us up and he said, uh, I'm, I'm in Haifa. Love to see you guys. And I said, well, I, I happen to have an appointment with my doctor in Haifa today. So we picked him up and we brought him here to Tzfat. As we were driving in Haifa back to Tzfat, he said to me, he started talking to me and he said to me, um, did you hear what I just said? And I said, uh, yeah, I think I heard. And he said, I, I identified as gay. He said, I used the past tense. He said, because I had a dream about having a son. And he said, I really want to have children and I want to have a son. I want to honor Hashem. And he says, I no longer identify as that. Now I know there are people that are gonna have a big problem with what I'm saying here, but here's a perfect example. I didn't talk to him about this. I didn't try to change his mind about it. I never talked to him about it. I never even said to him that what he was doing was wrong. I just loved him through this process. Uh, when he asked questions, I told him, and then he came and said that. And now he's looking for shidduch. He's looking for, you know, to find a woman, a Jewish woman, 
an observant Jewish woman. He wants to get married. He wants to move to Israel. He wants to have children. So sin crouches at the door, but you have the ability to overcome it. That's my Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom and your knowledge and uh, and your own um, very unique and special life experience. And I'm sure that it's um, it's a pleasure hearing you and hearing our conversation to all our public and to all the followers. I'm sure that people are enjoying this wonderful program that we just uh, started a few weeks ago. It's a blessing to speak with you, Itzhak, Ira. Thank you so much for your friendship. <laughs> And um, please, if you want us to talk and discuss other topics, please write to us, um, offer, suggest us, let us know what you think on the comment section, share the videos, um, support the nonprofit organization, Emuna Project, um, through our website, emuna.com. E Don't forget the new book, Return to Your Root. Enjoy the book. Enjoy the book. Amazon. Um, is selling this wonderful great book um, on sale don't miss the great sale we have other books and many services we have um, consultations we have conversations we have learning programs you can check everything on our store on our website muna.com as i said thank you guys may hashem bless us all and answer all our prayers and requests ira thank you so much my pleasure it's it's uh... I love you, and I'm look forward. I'm looking forward to seeing you. You're going to be up here, back up here in Svat soon. So uh, we're going to get to see each other again and give each other a holy hug and a kiss. Thank you so much, Achi. Be well and strong, and everyone long life of true happiness. Amen. Amen. Can you hear Shalom, everyone.